and he always says, up front, it's an explanation, and after the fact, it's an excuse. Welcome to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. We're your hosts, Scott and Katie Mulchan, and we make it easy to start working on, not just in your landscaping business. We're a real couple that helped grow our family business to well over a million dollars in revenue. And now we help other landscaping business owners just like you to do the same. Are you ready to build your business? Let's get started. Before we get into today's show, a big thank you to our sponsor, Send Gym. If you want to get the lead you want and turn your current clients into raving fans, then you need to try Send Gym. They've created an exclusive offer just for our listeners. If you sign up today, you can get your first month for just $2. So if you haven't already, go to sendgym.io forward slash MDL, where you can get even more exclusive deals just for Million Dollar Landscaper podcast listeners. That's sendgym.io forward slash MDL and take advantage of these awesome deals today. Welcome back, everyone, to the Million Dollar Landscaper podcast. Now, as landscape business owners, you know, we're always looking for ways to get things done quicker, uh, more efficient, all while trying to maintain our high level of quality service that we do. And a lot of times, you know, we look at using different pieces of equipment, different tools, and even different software programs to help do that. And this should even include your estimating and estimating systems as well, as well. And today's guest, Joshua Martin of Land One Takeoff, has an awesome tool to help you do that. Welcome, Joshua. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. I appreciate you being here. You mind sharing a little bit about yourself and how you got started? Because you were a landscaper as well, right? Right. Yeah. So I've been in the green industry for pretty much all my life. I mean, it was the first job I had was working golf course maintenance as a, uh, as a 16-year-old kid. So I've always been around it. I went to Auburn University, got a degree in turf grass management, spent a few years there, and then transitioned shortly after into a landscape contracting firm where I did estimating and project management and design. So I'm uh, kind of shifted into a landscape designer role as well after a few years. So you started the software program called Land One Takeoff. How did that come about? Yeah, so back in 2017, really, I think is when I began at our company, we were doing everything by hand. So not a lot of digital processes. We had Clip was our program for scheduling crews. And beyond that, we used Microsoft Office, you know, so that was kind of our main softwares that we used. And so I really was looking to kind of up our game, both in design a little bit, but then also take off. We did a lot of bid build construction work, a lot of large commercial work, and we were doing that by hand measuring with a digital scale. And so I was looking to do something a little bit faster than what we were doing because we had a lot of bids coming in and then more accurate too because we kind of tightening the bolts on cost and cost management. And one of those things was being a little bit more accurate in our material estimates along the way. So it's all those things. And I started kind of looking for a program to solve those needs, to do the digital takeoff for the plans I had coming in. And then to do the work we did was generally pretty basic. We weren't doing a lot of really super ornate, detailed landscape work. So our design work was fast. It was laying out shrubs for a renovation. Maybe it was a small outdoor space that a customer wanted those things, real simple designs that honestly, a lot of the times they were like enhancement type work. And so we weren't really even charging for that design work. The design was a part of the proposal and 
estimate process to give them paint a picture for them of what we wanted to do. So yeah, looking for software to meet those needs and then not really finding something that was a good fit for what we wanted. Either it had way too much stuff on the takeoff side than what we actually needed as a landscape company to measure and to do. And even on the same thing on the design side, it was finding a lot of things that were way more robust than what we needed and which meant too many features and the cost usually was a lot higher than we were looking to do. So it felt like one, there was an opportunity there, but then also a need for it in our industry. We knew we had a need for it. What uh, I call it like a daily utility tool that I could pop in and measure things, whether it was a property or construction project, but then also could mock up and do some quick designs and visuals to a core customer. So that started the process and in uh, 2017, getting it developed. And then by 2018, uh, was starting to roll it out, implement it fully in our business, and then started getting a handful of other folks to test it and use it in their landscape companies and give us feedback on it to where, you know, by the middle end of that year, we were starting to sign up paid customers. So for me, it was a side gig for a long time. Uh, you know, I still did landscape <laughs> contracting, and then I would take some time off to go to a trade show here and there to to sell the software and get other people on it and using it and, and giving us feedback. Because that was one of the most important things for me as well and still is for our company is that we're building a tool that actually our industry needs and wants, and it solves an actual pain point that people have on a daily basis as landscapers. I love that. I love the story how you, you know, you saw a need for it and just took action on it and started creating. That's awesome. And I definitely could see it because when my dad first started our business, we did a lot of commercial work and I could see like how this something tool like you have can save a lot of time because I would spend time just like counting shrubs and all that stuff and writing down a list of doing everything you had to have in there. We had the little measuring wheels thing to measure out everything and that was just a pain. So this is awesome because we use some other programs too and they were clunky, like I said, to kind of get your square footage out. It was kind of a pain. So I, I can see the definitely need for this. That's awesome. Yeah, we say that all the time. Like, we believe there's no better industry than our industry. I mean, I think that the NALP has done some studies and part of like their grow initiative and the green industry's turned out more millionaires than any trade out there. But the problem is, is the time commitment, right? I mean, it takes a lot of valuable time that could be spent either refining your business or spent outside your business and kind of the other areas of your life. And a lot of times we find ourselves sucked into that. And that's one of our hopes and goals as well with our software, that it helps to make guys more efficient and can lessen the time on, like you said, because every design takes valuable time away, whether it's something simple or it's a more robust takeoff on a big construction project. It takes a lot of valuable time that could be better allocated elsewhere. Yeah. And it always seems like they always, with the contractors or whoever it is, wants it like by next week and you have three other bids going on right now. And it's just, it's always a pain. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So I kind of want to talk to you a little bit too about some mistakes we kind of see in the industry as far as estimating. So what have you found that uh, like some common mistakes that landscapers make when doing estimates? Is it necessarily the counting of the material or what, what do you see? The biggest one is just not having the data and statistics they need to properly price the job. And we all know this time of year, especially you're going wide open. A lot of the times it's for the sake of just getting something out. You shoot from the hip, wing it. And at the end of the day, nearly always it comes back to bite you. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you do okay. And sometimes you do better than you should by winging it. But most of the time you end up not, you know, not having the right statistics to properly measure and to properly estimate the job. And so, and really that's something that it's key and crucial to not just building a good estimate, but running a sustainable, scalable business, right? I mean, that's one of the things that we talk about. Bob Matthews, one of my partners, and and that's one of the things that he harps on a lot. He had a successful landscape company up in Cape Cod and 
harps on knowing that statistics and then in communicating that down the line, not just on the top side, but all the way down to the lowest man on the totem pole on the crew, because it empowers everybody to do the job rightly, helps you stay on budget. One of the things he preaches is eliminating denial, blame, and excuse. And he always says, up front, it's an explanation. And after the fact, it's an excuse. And so, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like when you don't have that data and statistics, then you're always making excuses rather than explaining, you know, this is how much it is. This is what we're including. If we talk about it, then we're going to do it, you know, and if we didn't mention it, we're not going to do it. And, mm-hmm. But if you end up being very vague in your estimate, and like I said, a lot of times just shooting from the hip and not having a lot of good, clear data, then you're always behind the eight ball. You're always making excuses of why you can't do this or that, or why you can't go out and buy additional flagstone to to finish out the project rightly versus trying to make do with what you got because you don't have enough money to rightly do it. Does that make sense? You didn't build enough money into the material to be able to finish the job the right way. And so you, you end up having to make do with what you got and ends up in a bad situation across the board, not just for you, but a lot of times that customer ends up not as happy as they could have been. Uh, when you don't rightly estimate it because you didn't have the right data there. Absolutely. And I think too, like you said, that kind of passes along to employees for the employees to know how long this job should take. And when you're doing actual, you know, figuring everything, production hours or man hours, whatever you like to call it, you need to share that with your team so they know exactly how long and having those numbers like you state are so important. Yeah. And knowing how long it takes to do like so many square feet per hour with your patios or whatever it is, installing grading, whatever it is, it's crucial to have those numbers. It is. Yeah. It really empowers the employee and empowers uh, guys across the board to do well at their job, to have a lot of deep satisfaction in their job. They, they begin to see direct connection from their effort to reward. And that's like, you know, so you hear people preach about all the time to provide incentives and production based incentives on crews and give them bonuses, this and that tied to production or tied to budget. And a lot of times companies don't adopt that because it's hard. You know, it's hard to measure it. And so what we found is a tool like ours, then any, any sort of good estimating process allows that incentive reward program to really happen because now you've got the statistics you need to empower the crew, to show them, and then to really measure. And it makes them better, helps them always to be improving, helps people who are struggling to get better, helps guys that are really, really good to continue to elevate their level. And it makes it fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it does. It kind of starts to allow the job to be a lot more rewarding for everybody because it's just clear. You have a clear connection, like I said, to effort, to reward. And, and when people have that, they have some autonomy in their job to achieve that. Then it really makes a big difference on creating a good culture in your business and a culture that's scalable. Yeah, I couldn't agree with more. And we see it like on our end, a lot of people just want to give a bonus just to give a bonus. And but there's nothing to back it up. There's nothing there. They're just, oh, I'm going to give them a thousand dollar bonus or $2,000 bonus, but you need to set a goal for them. If you get this job done in so many hours or whatever it is and consistently do that and track all that, you have a way of doing that now. Yeah. The budget's key. You know, you can't build a budget without the data, yeah. right? You got to have that data. And that's one of the ways we help to enable that and help guys keep good budgets and manage projects well and estimate well. Is there any other mistakes that you see landscapers doing as well? Yeah, I know for me, one of the things that often I did, some of the biggest mistakes I made was not valuing the proposal enough and the presentation of that proposal early on, the difference that that makes with people and putting together a well, a good proposal. I I was fortunate though to be in an environment in, in a company that the owner knew that. And so he had some systems and processes for putting out good professional looking proposals. But oftentimes when time 
takes away from that. You know, when you fall into that temptation to not spend the time you should on it, and you just maybe just give them a price in an email or text or whatever it may be. And nine times out of 10, those are the ones that come back to bite you, you know, whether they don't want to pay you at the end or, or there was some sort of miscommunication. So the proposal and just right communication is a big part of it. And, you know, I see uh, oftentimes just speaking to the stuff our software does is maybe spending a little too much time on the proposal, right? I mean, you have a small job that maybe it's $5,000. And if you're spending four or five hours designing a, a four or $5,000 job because you want to create this awesome 3D walkthrough for the customer, likely you've already lost money. You know, maybe it was fun doing it, but at the end of the day, you probably spent a little bit more time in a clean professional overhead drawing. You know, something really simple probably would have won the job just as quick and fast. I mean, the part of drawings with proposals is you just want to be able to rightly communicate in a professional way to the customer that you're capable to do the job. Um, and there's a lot of different ways to do that. It's, it's about, you know, be clean, be professional. When you do that, then you show them hey, I'm competent to handle this work. And whether the investment is a few thousand dollars or it's several thousand dollars, you want to communicate that the same way to everybody, no matter what level the customer is and how much they can or can't spend with you. Because truthfully, we like the big money contracts, right? You know, but for a lot of those people that are spending anywhere from a few hundred dollars to a few thousand dollars, it's just as much of a investment to them, right? I mean, hearing that and knowing that, that's a lot of money to people, even if it's just they're planting a new bed in front of their house, that may be all they can really afford to do. And so they value it. And we as contractors want to value it as much as they do too, and give them a good product, good return on investment. One thing too, I think we have to understand that we're not their customer. You know, you may be bidding this job and you know, it turns out to be thirty or forty thousand dollars for this whatever outdoor kitchen or whatever it is, and you know, you think, ah, oh, they can't afford, they're not gonna be able to do that. Right. You're not the customer. You'd be surprised. Like I've been on some jobs like the place is a mess. I'm like thinking of, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, ah, they're never gonna do this. And they go for it and like we're transferring the whole backyard, but yeah. you you know what's going on with them. So they may have been saving up their whole life for this. You don't know. And I remember, you know, one of the ones you have these right projects you remember distinctively in your career. And so I remember I had a guy one time called. He said, I got a couple of spots in my yard I want to get resodded, right? It was just like, I got a few little areas in my yard. This was kind of right out of when the economy was starting to kind of roll, you know, boost back up, but you still needed any work that you could get. It was a little bit of a drive for me to go to, you know, it was kind of like, didn't really want to be there. You know, this is a waste of time kind of thing, you know, it's going to be probably two pallets of grass or three pallets, you know, whatever. And uh, anyways, at the end of it, it was it was a like a forty thousand dollar install job <laughs> where we end up redoing the whole thing. And, and it's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, you never know what the customer actually wants, like you said, and what they're ready to spend. And having that service mindset is huge, you know, that you're there to serve them and you want to do that to the best of your ability. I will say, too, you need to be excited about whatever the project you're doing. You need to be yeah. excited about it because I did one job. I, I don't remember exactly, but it started off like a little pondless waterfall, like in the backyard, nothing big, 10 feet or whatever, 15, whatever it was. And it kept growing. That turned out to, again, like you said, similar to that $30,000, $40,000 water feature that we put this massive thing in there. And like, yeah. it was crazy. Like I never expected, but I was excited about it. I'm out there making the waterfalls with my arms and stuff. And he got excited too. And then next thing you know, we're doing this big project for a water feature. So, yeah. And it's fun. You know, I mean, honestly, I think most people that get into this industry, that's why they get into it. They love to create, love to work with their hands and whether it's a, a small raised planter or it's a big water feature or just the simple foundation planning, like it's fun to create those things and 
like you said, take joy and satisfaction in the small things just as much as you do the big projects and big things. Now, one thing I know you mentioned here a little bit ago was about, you know, you don't necessarily have to do these big elaborate plans all the times for things. And that's one thing your software can do, right? With the enhancement portion of it. Yeah, it is. So that's one of, that's where we're aimed at and what we do right now. We don't do a lot of 3d things like that. So we're, we're a digital takeoff software and enhancement design software is what we say. You can do the digital takeoff, which is taking a PDF of a plan that maybe an architect did and do all your measurements, plant counts, all those things that you might do in a program like that or what you may have done by hand before. We just digitize it, make it much more accurate, much more faster to do. But then on the flip side is the enhancement design, like you said, and we're aimed at really doing things to scale. And so taking an overhead image we have a satellite integration where you can take a satellite photo directly in the software, and then you can lay out and design directly on that. And everything's to scale, hand it down to a crew. You know, the customer sees it. They see their house in the picture. They see where it's going. And then you hand it off to the crew to do. Got a lot of guys, customers that are using drones to do the same thing. And so they're flying up a drone, which because, you know, that's going to be your best picture yeah. is a drone. And so they're taking a few minutes, fly up a drone, take a picture of the area, lay out a design on it and present it to the customer. It's clear. They can see it. They pick it up. Even an overhead design, you know, that a lot of times we think customers can't grasp when they see their house in it or their whatever it is that you're doing, they get it. Sales a job. I had a, um, a customer recently. She, uh, it was an entrance to, I think, like a country club. Um, and they did that. And it was like a $120,000 job they end up selling. It was a pretty big planning area. And they had a couple of little things in it. But it took her an hour and a half start to finish to meet with the customer, take the picture, design it, propose it, and sell it. And uh, I mean, that's a huge return, you know, right? That's the winning success story. But but that's what a lot of our customers, that's what they're seeing. It's a little time investment. A lot of the stuff, you can do it on site with these overhead pictures. You can start from scratch if you don't have a good picture and you just have measurements, you can do that too. But it's taking 15, 20 minutes, mock it up. We say it's kind of like the back of a napkin drawing on steroids. <laughs> Same amount of time and effort that it would take to do it on a notebook pad or, or the back of a napkin. The big difference is now you're doing it to scale, meaning you're doing it accurate measurements and you're, you're measuring as you're drawing. So you've got a drawing to hand off to a customer, but then also to hand off to your crew to do it. And you have all the data and statistics you need to plug into a spreadsheet to price it or plug it into some other program to price it and, and kind of finish out that proposal. So are you finding a lot of your customers are doing, like at least for the enhancement portion of it, are they doing that right on the job site if they can or with a customer sitting down with them? Because I can see how that'd be huge. You can show them and they, no, I don't like this. You can change it right then and there. Yeah, a lot of them are. I mean, and that's why it's so compelling because you're including the customer in the design process. Yeah. So they understand it more when they have input like that to it. So we're a cloud-based application. So as long as you have internet connection, you can pull it up. So yeah, you can include them right in on the process. So someone may do the design on the front end, but then they're pulling it up in the software to propose it to the customer. And so if they need to change something, then they can change it right on the fly. It's not a, it's a very simple process to change something out, move something around. And then as you move it, change it, it's recalculating, remeasuring everything. So it's real easy to just alter your estimate based off of that. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, I can definitely see the benefit of that because there's been times you talk to the customer about it, you get an idea, and then you go back, design it, and they come back, no, I don't like this. It's, yeah. And you got to go back, redesign it again. So I could definitely see the bonus to that. Yeah, we call it price conditioning, right? In lane one, you can kind of start with that. You can start with a concept, build a budget, you know, so find out, okay, hey, it's going to take this amount of plants. 
this amount of dollars? Is this something you want to do? And they say yes, then you can dive a little bit more down into the details of the design. Or maybe it's at that point you may kick in some sort of design fee for the additional time you're spending, whatever it may be. But really putting a tool in their hands to help guide that process from start to finish and eliminate, like you said, that big pain point of spending a lot of time on something that's either way over somebody's budget or is completely not what they were wanting in the first place. So I also like talked a little bit about how the land one takeoff can also do as far as we talked about earlier, the commercial estimates and counting. You mind sharing a little bit more about that and how it can speed up the estimating too, as far as that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really that's how we got our, how we got our start. It was takeoff software primarily to do upload a PDF. So you've got, you know, a simple ones like maybe a new Burger King coming to town, right? They, they like have a landscape plan. A general contractor is going to send that out for bid. You could take that, upload it into land one, calibrate the scale, and then measure everything, count everything, and get your material list. So it's really PDF-driven. People are using a lot of different tools, everything from printing that plan off, doing it by hand, to Adobe Acrobat can do a little bit of some basic measuring, stuff like that, or another take-all software. So, but it, yeah, it just speeds that up. In our industry, I say the large majority of people are moving from doing it by hand, a manual way to software like ours. And all of our customers that have done that are, are like 75% plus time savings on what they're doing. It's taken them a fraction of the time to do it than it was before, which frees up time to either bid more or spend time on other more, you know, other things in your business to help your business and your company run more efficiently and more smoothly. I like that. I was looking at some of the software you had. I I like how it's so easy to like set your scale because I've used some other programs and it's kind of a pain. And my dad is trying to teach him how to use technology sometimes is a pain. So I like you just click the button and set the scale really simple. So I, I, yeah, it's awesome. (laughs) And that's, you know, I've had a big hand in designing and laying out the program. I think that's helped us to help have something that our industry understands how to use and picks it up really fast because it is a lot of it designed through the eyes of a landscaper. We're not software guys trying to sell software to landscapers. We're landscapers making a tool to help make our industry better, more efficient, more productive, and more professional all the way around. Sure. Is there any uh, future plans for Land One? Anything that you can share with us? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I mentioned, you know, we did the takeoff was kind of where we started. Um, we're, we're spending a lot of time over the next little while with the design side and, and continuing to make that piece better, more robust. And then eventually kind of headed down down into where we're making that estimate process faster and easier. So with like production kits and putting things in there that you can be not only measuring the material quantities, but then also instantly calculating the production values, the man hours, the equipment hours that you need to do those projects at the same time. So that's where we're headed as a program is to continue to make that process as seamless and as painless as possible. And really given, like I said, a tool that's targeted specifically to our industry. So having those kits and values in it that we actually use uh, and that we need to price jobs. Yeah, that would be amazing. Have <laughs> something to spit out the production hours and quantities. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a uh, you know it's something we're working on, and hopefully we can have implemented for guys. But you know what we have now is a lot of a lot of value for people too. As it is, I mean, our pricing is pretty cheap for the value that you get. I had one, another one. They sold a $40,000 enhancement job off the software. And they said, we would not have sold this if we didn't have your software. They'd still be sitting on the table waiting on a design. So he did it in about a day and turned it right around to the customer and, and sold and closed the project. Yeah. So I mean, that's a huge ROI, $80 to $40,000. Now, I don't know what that math is, but it's big. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. <laughs> 
So you mentioned a little bit about pricing. You mind sharing with our listeners, you know, what what did it cost per month and what you get? Yeah, so we our pricing starts at it's, it's subscription based. So eighty dollars a month is the lowest tier. That'll give you up to two users. Our pricing is modeled off of usage. Uh, it's a kind of the size of your company. The medium tier gives you up to five users, and that's one hundred and sixty a month with those. And then we have another higher tier that gives you more users. But most of those people kind of fall in those two categories. And then you can pay annually and you get a 10% discount. So you can start at 80 or you can start at 160, depending on the size of your company. And then, or like I said, if you pay upfront for the annual cost and you get a 10% discount. Nice. And that's a cheap price for that kind of stuff as far as yeah. what you're going to be saving as far as time and money and stress. Yeah, it is. It's, it's highly affordable. I mean, that was a core value of ours to provide affordable tool, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a tool that's daily utility that guys use. And, and it's a part of us serving our industry, right? I mean, we want to give a tool that's affordable that you can use and adopt and just kind of plug it into your main just overhead cost of your business. I mean, at that cost, you don't really even think about it that much as being a huge financial decision. It's something that you need as a must-have tool to really bid and price jobs and design and enhancement jobs uh, rightly. One thing I, I will say, I, I noticed a lot of landscapers, they don't have any issues going spending money on equipment or anything, but on the back end of things, this is something you need. Like this is some tool that can definitely save you money and make you money too. It's just on a different level, I guess. It's, uh, right. <laughs> so. We equate it to like a tank of gas in your truck, right? You know, it's, uh, yeah. you'll fill your truck up a couple of times a week without thinking about it. But when it comes to spending that on software, sometimes it, for whatever reason, has bigger heartburn sometimes than the, <laughs> than the gas pump can, so... No, definitely check it out. Well, Joshua, thank you for being on the show. How can uh, people find out a little bit more about you and, and Lane One Takeoff? Where can they go? Yeah, so you can go to our website, laneonetakeoff.com. Check us out there. We've got a lot of information about the product. You can sign up for a free trial there as well. We do a 14-day free trial where you can test the program, use it out, and get free one-on-one training with me to learn how to adopt the program and to use it and to use it rightly. So that's where I would head. Just head over to our website, laneonetakeoff.com. Very cool. You do need to check this program out. It's something that will definitely save you a lot of time, a lot of headaches, and a lot of stress. So thanks, Joshua. You have time for a few fun questions? Yeah, that sounds great. Let's go for it. All right. Do you have any superstitions? Superstitions. <laughs> well, you know, like I played a little bit of sports here and there. So that kind of stuff, like the shirt you wear, right? I mean, that's probably the biggest thing that was the most superstitious. And like, I try to like put that stuff down. I'm like, no, nah, it doesn't really make a difference. But at the end of the day, like for my favorite sports team, it was like, I remember wearing this shirt when we won that game. So I'm going to wear this shirt and hopefully it brings some extra something for the team. So unfortunately, it doesn't always uh, happen that way. But that's probably the biggest thing. The lucky shirt, you know, has uh, played itself out in sports a lot of different times for me. Nice. I like it. All right. Uh... What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? That's a good one. It, uh, I would say knowing what you want out of life, uh, and especially when it comes to dollars, like knowing what that amount is, what you want and need, and writing that down, knowing that, uh, having that fixed, because that frees up a lot of things. So um, I'm a man of faith, and so it's kind of like when God blesses me, I think it's because he wants me to use that for him in a certain way. So if he gives me something beyond what I actually need, he desires me to not use that more on myself, but to show a blessing to other people and to that they can see him and see his love as well. And so I say all that to say, like, knowing what it is, what you want and need out of life allows that, allows some freedom. It allows, helps you kind of manage your own ego as well. And it doesn't mean that you're not trying to make more, but it frees you up to 
use the more you make in other ways. Um, so for, if you're a business owner, then it means if you have a really great year, now you can really be a huge blessing to your employees and give them those bonuses that they would love and can need and can use in a lot of different ways. So just having that in your mind, your mind does kind of free that up, helps you manage your ego a little bit more. The thing I have the most trouble in life with, and that is, is those, that two letter word, no, uh, <laughs> like <laughs> I have a big problem sometimes like telling people, no, that is having that kind of thing in there allows you to have that freedom to be able to say no, right? Like, I don't want to take on this project just because it's a bigger and better project, right? We've, we've got what we need right now. I can say no and I can feel comfortable and confident in saying no because I'm getting what I need right now. And maybe one day, you know, you, you take on that bigger project. But when you kind of have that clear mindset of what it is, what you need and what you want, it gives you that freedom to manage your ego in a big way. I love it. I like that. All right. Last one. When you think about success, who comes to mind and why? Uh Honestly, right now, over the past year or so, I've been really involved with a lot of guys that have been really successful in the landscape industry. I mean, guys that have built 10, 20 plus million dollar businesses and really gotten a chance to spend a lot of time around them. Bob Maffey, Ben Collinsworth, uh, Toby Massengale, and John Muni are four of them that I've really been around. And, and the success part has not been, as I've been around them more, has not been that they monetarily built, have built these large companies. But common thread through all of them is how much they care about their employees and how they've built their business the right way around being a benefit and a blessing to their employees, caring about the growth of them, and then caring about the quality of product that they put out, right? They're not putting out a half project just because they're trying to cut corners and make the most dollar, like they have a high view of quality and success. And so seeing that, seeing how they've been able to build really you know, large, successful companies yet maintain that stroke of quality and care and concern for their customers. To me, that's been the most successful thing that they've done. I've had even an opportunity to meet some of their employees along the way. They all sing the same story. They all love working for them and really have, know how much they care for them and how much they're there to benefit them. And that's a huge success. I think that's the kind of success that leaves a legacy and that lasts longer than our time here on earth and lasts longer than your time as a company at the, the 40, 50 years. You, if you have the fortunate benefit to have a lifetime company, having that sort of impact is generational. Mm -hmm. Those group of guys, I've seen that from the consultants that poured into them and then seeing the reaction those consultants have, but then just seeing that success story and that common thread out of a group of four or five guys be the same. It's been cool. It's been, for me, a guy been in the industry for a while, seeing that and seeing that in a real way has been refreshing. And, and like I said, just cool to see, see that happen and it play itself out in a large company like that. I like that. Do you find it too, like bringing you up and getting you excited and keeping you motivated too, being around those people? It does. Yeah, it does. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it motivates you to be better. It motivates you to strive harder to build something, you know, where you can have impact on people in a way, impact on employees and impact on customers. It does. It motivates you all the way around. And uh, it's a fun environment to be a part of. And if you've either had the opportunity to do that, you know that. But then also, if you're a guy that's out there, you've got your business and you're starting it. Having that mindset is huge. We all know the labor struggles right now. <laughs> The difficulty to find it. And I think that's going to be more and more important as it goes on that you're providing a place that 
People like, it's not just about the dollars they make working for you, but there's a joy and satisfaction that they get out of working for you. That's the job and then also the growth and the personal growth they get from working at a company. And they see the genuine care that you may have as a business owner for them. And so like you're leading, you're not pulling them along the way, but you're pushing the wheelbarrow alongside of them. Uh, that, that makes a huge difference in, in just building the culture. And yeah. It draws people into your, your business, we found. It does. Yeah, yeah. it does. Culture's huge. I mean, yeah. a healthy culture in a business is huge to creating. You know, getting to that million dollar mark and beyond is it's huge. To implement that early on, the earlier you can do that, the better. Even if it's just you, it seems a little bit corny sometimes. You know, if it's just you doing it right, I remember sitting down. Yeah, the the E-Myth is a book that kind of implements that strategy. And it is a little bit kind of, I say corny when you're, like, you're sitting down and you're the only one filling all those roles, right? You're, yeah. you're crafting them out. But having that in your mind, and the sooner you can do it, the better, because it's going to make it scalable. It's going to help you get to where you want to be faster when you have that in there. You're not figuring it out on the fly. You have a clear vision and plan and process in place. And you're just, at that point, it's just implementing strategy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, Josh, well, uh, thank you very much for your time today. Appreciate you being on the show and look forward to uh, chatting with you more in the future. For sure. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate you having me. If, and uh, if any of your listeners ever need me, um, you know, they send me an email, reach out to me at any time. So happy to help, not just with software, but if they have questions in general about the landscape world, I'm happy to be that resource to anybody. So it's a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. And Thanks for all you do for our industry. I know a lot of guys really look up to you and you, you've created a good following too that's really making an impact and helping people be better landscapers. Yeah. And uh, and so I appreciate you and thanks for doing that as well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right, Joshua. Well, we hope you have a great day and we'll be talking to you soon. Thanks, Scott. You too. Hey, everyone. Just want to thank you again for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do ask you for one quick favor. Could you please head over to iTunes and leave us a review? A five-star review is even better, but it helps us get our rankings up and help us spread our message. 